Previously on Hound Radio's Arch Campbell podcast. My idea of heaven includes living in a world where all of my dialogue is written by Aaron Sorkin because <laughs> you can't beat it. The Arch Campbell podcast featuring Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands begins now. <laughs> Well, here we are, and hello, everybody. I'm Arch Campbell, and glad to be back with you again as we catch up with the ever-changing world of entertainment. And uh, Lou Katz is in the control room and offering advice and telling us what he's watching and uh, disagreeing with us every now and then. Exactly. And and and, <laughs> and thank God, a, a bit germ, more germ-free than I was last week, so... I uh, had a bad cold last yeah, week, so but better in. this week. Yeah, getting well, better. I'm glad you're better. Getting better. No, colds like are kicking in be- between the virus or something. <laughs> I don't know. Colds are sneaking in. And Gary. that is the voice of our guest today, who uh, I respect as uh, her many years as lead critic for USA Today. She now writes and reviews for RogerEbert.com as well as Gold Derby. And she is, of course, Susan Wazena. Yay, she's back. Thank you. <laughs> and I wish we had video because Susan has a very hip, cool new hairstyle. She's just back from the hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> At least my head's clean. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, mine's clean. <laughs> Too clean. <laughs> it's nothing there. So, uh, Susan, as you know, we'd like to start by saying, what are you watching and what are you looking at just for fun? Well, over Thanksgiving, like a lot of people did, we'd watch eight-hour Beatles do their thing. Susan, you just sort of cut out. You're talking about the Beatles Get Back documentary, right? I, I found it so fascinating and so wonderful to watch them. Don't let me down. They had done already a version of this, but it wasn't eight hours long. It was only probably an hour with them on the roof playing live. But eight hours of the Beatles. I miss the Beatles. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and you say someone wrote somewhere the Beatles are an overrated band. That uh, okay? Got well, me, that that might have been a. Gen X or something, or <laughs> Gen- Generation Z, whatever it is. I'm saving that for the very, very holidays because my wife, Gina, is uh, desperate to watch it. You know, there was another series, uh, McCartney 321. I think it was on yes. Hulu. Yeah. And that was also just excellent. McCartney talking about... It didn't about- really um, expose us very much. It was with that Rick Rubin guy. Yeah who looks like David Letterman with his giant beard now. Right, He's right. hiding behind him. <laughs> but it was great to explain McCartney's creative process. Well, it's probably still on there if anybody wants more Beatles, because I thought it was interesting, too. But it sort of underlines um, that George got mad at him at one point when... Um, in the original version of this, mm. the you know, smaller version. And I mean, he came back. He, he said he was going to just step aside for a while because he didn't like how Paul was trying to run the whole show. But um, yeah, it, um, 
It's very interesting. But otherwise, somebody said, you know, it was on Disney Plus, right? And someone said right. there's going to be a ride where they're all drinking tea. Well, they're going to make a ride at uh, Disney World of right. the Beatles. Right. That's what someone they said would, would be part oh. of it. So. Oh, no. They're they're drinking. No, tea no, no. And... I no, no, not for real. Aren't you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's a joke. Oh, oh, okay. Now you got me. You got me. I thought you were gonna bring up succession. Are you still watching succession? I have a hate love thing with it because uh -huh, those characters uh -huh. just give me the creeps. That's I mean, so funny you said that because I've been thinking about succession as a show about the people I love to hate. But now I just hate them. <laughs> yeah, it's I like the three. second season the best. Uh huh. And then to me, this, I wasn't an original watcher. I watched the first season and then I did the second and then I liked that a lot. But this Thir third season. Yeah. Uh, Kendall, did you see the one with Kendall and his birthday party? And yes. I was so unhappy. And that. I think that may be the the episode that jumps the shark for me. Go easy on birthday, boys. Did you come here to see me at all? You didn't, did you, Chief? Well, look, we haven't been getting along that great lately, so what do you think? Surprise? I'm not so wild about them. Yeah. But knowing people, I go to curb your enthusiasm, which just came back. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's more my cup of tea. <laughs> Not Beatles tea, but... <laughs> because I, I, like I said, I finally got through all the Seinfeld episodes, so then, you know, I, I it was then curb your enthusiasm has the same kind of, you know. Arc, yeah. Larry David is like, he should get a candy on her for just being. <laughs> <laughs> I had it again before discussion, being a, you know, just a mean old bugger. <laughs> you know? I interviewed him on a red carpet one time, Larry David and asked him to explain the success in Curb Your Enthusiasm of an unlikable character. And I don't, maybe he was in a hurry. He didn't get what I was asking. He said, oh, he's not unlikable. Look at the great ratings he gets. People, people love to watch him. And, and what I was trying to go for is he's created a character we love to, to hate. But, but maybe, and maybe he was in character when he answered that. Well, I will tell you, I went to the set of a fairly movie. They were doing the Three Stooges, which wasn't all that great, but he played a mother superior <laughs> in the movie. And the guy who was a you know, publicist, he was a longtime friend of mine. He said, oh, you, you can go with the, it was one Farrelly, Bobby Farrelly, and then uh -huh. there was a producer, and then Larry David was there. And like the publicist from, I think it was Fox, who was, you know, you know, this movie together, yeah. you know, we didn't know he was coming. And then at the bar, he was there. And I'm like, oh my God, we're gonna eat with Larry David. And so one thing happened, it was an Italian place. And what I like is, 
like a lot of noodles and then a lot of mushrooms, a lot of sauce. Mm -hmm. That wasn't mm -hmm. on the menu. Yeah. So when I, my dish came, he was very impressed that I got them to give me what I wanted that uh -huh. wasn't on uh -huh. the menu. So smart. So <laughs> he's not so? a bad guy. He's not a guy. He was a very nice guy. So. He's a University of Maryland graduate, has a lot of ties to D.C. Uh, there's a woman who was the sweetheart of his fraternity that he uh, lusted after, and uh, she's made great hay of that. <laughs> I can't imagine <laughs> you know, romanced by him. <laughs> make hay where you can. So the Washington Area Film Critics Awards were voted on and awarded this weekend. And shall we go through the list and well, see what we like think? You, you were confused by some of the picks that we did. Uh, yeah. Now, the best film uh, awardee is Belfast. Right. Well, I, I think, you know, the Washington Area Film Critics, they have often been in line with the Oscars. And I think picking Belfast as best film is a great pick. What about you? It is. It's between um, The Power of a Dog and Belfast, I think, mm -hmm. at this point. And I do think there might be, you know, Jane Campion, Campion. you know, didn't, she had the piano and she was the second woman ever director to be. Now, she could be, I think she would be the third woman to win. Right. If she does. And we, we picked her to win Best Director. And the Washington critics picked James Campion. And, and I, I'm uh, very big on uh, The Power of the Dog. I thought that was quite a good movie. It was. And that's on Netflix, right? Yeah, so it can, is now. Yeah. You can access it now. Belfast, you have to go to uh, a theater. Right. Uh, and the 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 kid the power of the dog is Benedict Cumberbatch, and he's this kind of HUD like character. Mm -hmm. uh, that's who, a good uh, description if anybody knows HUD these days. <laughs> <laughs> Which I doubt anybody knows. <laughs> he's he's a rancher with his brother, and he's kind of angry about being there. Twenty five years since our first run together. 1900 and nothing. It's a long time. I wonder what little lady made these. I did, sir. And uh, his brother remarries, and uh, with the new wife comes um, a son who is kind of um, cityfied or sissified, and he starts picking on him. And then their relationship changes. And that kid who plays him, Cody Smith-McPhee, won the uh, Washington Film Critics Award as Best Supporting Actor. And I think he might win the Oscar, too. Yeah, I do, too. But the one thing that uh, I picked Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom. Now, I saw the eyes of um, Tammy Faye. And he was not very good as Jim Baker. It wasn't his movie. So he no, didn't get to no. do very much except be sad and, you know. Yeah, whatever. Andrew Garfield <laughs> was selected as best actor. 
I thought it would either be for King Richard Will Smith. I really expected him to win or Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog. But Andrew Garfield, Uh, you like Tick, Tick, Boom, the musical? Very much. It was the complete opposite of, you know, whatever he was doing with Jim Baker, which wasn't much at all. But (laughs) um, I liked it. And it's Lin-Emmanuel Miranda's. Morella, um, yeah. Yeah, his uh, directing debut. So he did pretty good. And what he did, which smart, was he gathered all the grand dams of Broadway, the musical people, and, you know, the women. And there was like a whole, like, part where they're just flashing by. Uh-huh. So, you know, Bernadette Peters or, you know, Cheetah Rivera and all these ladies from the stage. So, because I think it's his inspiration, you know, for what he's doing. He plays the uh, young man who wrote Rent and died before he really uh, could uh, collect on his success. Uh, and it's a musical. And uh, it is quite a performance, but I was not bowled over by the movie. I, 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 to me, it was an hour and a half of look at me. I'm so cute. I'm going to write a musical. Just wait. You just wait and see. And that's just me. I just I'm so I was surprised Andrew Garfield won Best Actor. I thought I just I figured it'd be uh, Will Smith. But maybe that's too safe. But, you know, it didn't do well at the box office because it was more catering to an older crowd. And we're not going there that much. So, uh-huh. yeah. King Richard, you mean? or King, Yeah, uh, King uh, Richard. Yeah. Um, but his well, wife now got that's, nominated. It's on, King Richard is on um, right. HBO Max. Right. Yeah. So maybe people see it there. At Best Actress, uh, the Washington Film Critics gave it to Kristen Stewart for Spencer. <laughs> but it's, your... did you watch it? Spencer, I actually, I went to the Avalon Theater. Oh, that's right. You sneak in there when no one's there. Watched it at a matinee, me and six other people. Took my wife. What do you think of uh, Kristen Stewart uh, as uh, Princess Diana in uh, Spencer? Well, never would I ever think she would be the can, you know, the number one choice because mm-hmm. she, she truly is in most places. For, because I covered the Twilight films, and I never thought of her as a great an- actress, you know, but. She she grew into this. I mean, obviously, she did this on Clouds of Souls. Maria, she was good in that. There was this personal shopper movie she was good in that. That was like yeah. years ago. So she's grown much more. I mean, she those Twilight roles weren't all that great to begin with. No. <laughs> so, you know, uh, good for her because I think she did she surprised me when I saw that movie. So uh, for me, Spencer, I just walked out of there thinking, just leave Princess Diana alone. I just know. leave her alone. I hated it. Uh, it's nothing against Kristen Stewart, 
And I, you know, who, what, who's her competition? Nicole Kidman is Lucy and being yeah. the Ricardos. Have you seen being the Ricardos? Yes, I have. Of course. I grew uh, up with Lucy. <laughs> well, so did I. Yeah. Uh, I finally, my mother was pregnant about the time Lucy was pregnant with little Ricky. So I got a double dose of it from TV and uh, at home. Right. Uh, and that's, uh being the ricardos is an interesting movie it's it's a rehash of every behind the scene thing you've ever heard since lucy but uh is that what does best actress look like to you who's in the running olivia coleman is the most ubiquitous actress yeah planet right now because she just last night she's in this thing called the landscapers with mm. david is that any good well i didn't watch it because i had to watch this link that was timed and i couldn't uh -huh. do them mm -hmm. both and that go, goes away like magic watch it when it's yeah yeah but that is getting great reviews so she just needs a whole you know mansion filled with all her awards that she's gonna get <laughs> Well, she's being uh, discussed for uh, the, the lost, lost daughter. daughter. Yeah, she is great, and she's also not, this is from a, a true life story of an older couple, the landscapers, um, uh -huh. murdering people and then putting the body <laughs> in the garden. And then, and that's such an English thing to do. And <laughs> a little. But she's little also a nasty lady in the lost daughter too. Uh huh. That's kind of interesting. Uh, flashbacks between her as an older woman and her as her choices as a younger woman and right. uh, her it's relationship. It's complicated, but it, it's something <clears throat> to see because she is is great, and all the actors are very good. So. What's your take on the uh, Washington Film Critics Awards? You think they're right on the money? Pretty much. Are you about to vote in the Critics Circle yes, Awards? I am. I am too. Speaking and, of that, yes. we just got a link last night. I think you and I both stayed up to watch Licorice Pizza. Yes, I did. And so I put that on top of my top 10 list now. Is it number one now? Yeah. Tell us about Licorice Pizza. Well, it's Paul Thomas Anderson in the Valley in Hollywood and mm -hmm. where he grew up, I presume, in the 70s. And um, it's about a guy who's 15 years old who has a crush on a 25-year-old older woman who, I guess, you know, trying to pick casting things she she does a number of things show busy but they're they they keep running into each other and they sort of love each other but they don't love each other you don't the relationship is very complicated murky yes <laughs> but it's fun to watch the young actress in licorice pizza is an unknown who has a band in portland oregon called heim and her name is alana heim yes and she's from a uh, she's a musician with two of uh -huh. her sisters mm -hmm. and i think the two pe women were in 
who probably her sisters. So he yeah. found her that way. Yeah. Her entire family shows up in the movie. I mean, her real parents, her real sisters, right, playing versions of parents and siblings. That's that was kind of sweet. I love that they are roaming the same streets that were roamed in American graffiti. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I mean, they're in the valley. They're going up and right. down Ventura Boulevard. They're in Sherman Oaks and Encino. That's right. And those were all the locations of, um, of American graffiti. You know, not the exact streets, but but you know the valley. It's the right. valley, and they're they're there again. And uh, I really enjoyed it. it. I think it's much more complicated than uh, than it seems at first glance. Right. It's hard to tell people that there's a comedy, a romantic comedy about a 15-year-old boy and a 25-year-old woman. Does it navigate that path okay for you? Yeah, I mean, they kind of more tease than actually, you know, I, I can't remember if they really kissed or what. It seemed like they wanted to, but they knew they couldn't. So I the think line... there's a, a big kiss at the end, yeah. I think. Well, by then it was my bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> it took a long time to get there. <laughs> is that your favorite movie this year? It is. Well, will you vote for that over uh, Belfast or Power of the Dog? Well, I'll see. <laughs> I like Belfast a lot, but we've seen Roma. We've seen, mm -hmm. you know this kind of thing from other people and i do like kenneth brand now i got to interview him at millberg and he's a good yeah. guy but um maybe i just want to get the power of the dog in there too you know the so. power of the dog is awfully good it is and, but uh, it's creepy in a way <laughs> my creepiness <laughs> well i mean it's another one that uh uh, you have to chew over it after you watch it. And uh, I like that about it a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, they picked his best acting ensemble, Mass, and I agree with that. Mm -hmm. And I and, think it's a hard movie to watch for many reasons, but it's also a very important one mass shootings in um, schools. So. I, those I, uh, people did a great job with all their emotions and it didn't feel fake at all. They, they, you felt like they went through all this. So. I posted the winners of the Washington Film Critics on Facebook and some of my uh, smart aleck friends uh, commented, never heard of any of these. You know, Mass is just the title, right? Right. Uh, I don't know if it has it had a, a run in town. We've so because well, we saw it. I yeah. I got a link to it very early. So, but I mean, for normal people that pay for tickets, I don't I, I just can't imagine that Mass will find a mass audience. It's awfully good and awfully hard to watch. Yeah. It's the parents 
uh, it's two sets of parents whose children are involved in a tragedy coming together uh, in the name they hope of understanding or even forgiveness. And it's Anne Dowd and, uh, right. and a wonderful cast besides her. Yeah. So I'm uh, working on my top 10. And there's another movie I have added. Have you seen Nightmare Alley, the new one? Yes, I watched it. I got a link this weekend. Uh -huh. It goes on a bit. I will tell you that. It's I've long. Seen... It's two and a half hours. I he doesn't can... have pacing in his films. He just wants images that this will grab This is Guillermo you. del Toro, yeah, the right. guy who did the movie Shingo about one. the woman and the fish falling <laughs> in love and having sex. <laughs> but Bradley Cooper was very good. You're not as hard to read as you think. You run a racket, same as me. If you help me, we can make quite a big dent in this town. You barely know me. Oh, I know. You're no good, and I know that because neither am I. I loved Nightmare Alley because it was so campy yes, and so creepy, and I loved it so much that I downloaded I'd always loved the original from 1947 with Tyrone Power, mm -hmm. and the original, you know, they back away from some things, and it kind of has a hopeful ending. This new one. <laughs> well, I love how it ended, and I'm not going to ruin that for no, anyone. But, but I knew it, it was coming. I knew it was coming. Mm -hmm. You could tell. And he's with, there are three leading ladies. First, Nightmare Alley is uh, the story of Bradley Cooper as a carnival con man. And he joins a carnival, and he meets Tony Collette. And she and her alcoholic husband have a mind-reading act. And they teach it to him. And through a series of things, he gets the secrets and takes the uh, most innocent, prettiest young girl from the carnival and goes off to the big time. And the second leading lady is uh, Rooney Mara. And she's delightful as an innocent young girl going to uh, Chicago where he's doing his act in this beautiful, the, the set design of Nightmare Alley just got me. And one night, Kate Blanchett arrives, a psychologist who is, is determined to show him up. And they, they are two no-goods who get together, get up to no good together. And she vamps. Oh, she's great. <laughs> She's just, it's so campy and vampy. And I, the other, I was thinking the other day, her lipstick is the color of a traffic light. <laughs> just this gash of violet red across her mouth. And yeah, it's way too long. And I just loved every minute of it. Loved it. But I will tell you, they, they shot it around Toronto and my hometown, Buffalo. And uh -huh. that is the city hall where they're going into, which was, it's a very, I mean, there's a lot of Frank Lloyd Wright things and stuff. Yeah. So uh, I'm a fan of licorice pizza and I'm a fan of Nightmare Alley.
I'm also a fan of Lou Cats and Hound Radio, which are our enablers. And so uh, let's take a break and pitch it to Lou. And then uh, then we'll go forward and uh, see where we are from this. I got something I want to talk to you about. And I want you to hear all about our holiday programming for Christmas. Check this out. Hound Radio has a special holiday gift just for you. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Celebrate with the Jim Brickman Show. The gift of Christmas. With Jim Brickman. I like this a lot because it's about showbiz. And Bob. Lots of room for hilarity to ensue. Facebook sensations Matt and Savannah are here to talk about their number one holiday album and the song that they did with yours truly. Pat Monahan from Train joins me to talk about their new song and Hallmark Channel movie. Tony winning actress and singer Kristen Chenoweth is with me to talk about why Christmas is happiness. The legendary voice of Journey, Steve Perry, is here talk about his first ever Christmas album and how not to overindulge on your holiday party tour. And the Jim Brickman Show. Don't miss the gift of Christmas radio special Christmas Eve and throughout Christmas Day here on your home for the holidays, Hound Radio. A friend of mine, Roy Neal, gave me a clipping from the Wall Street Journal, which said that you can... Uh, trace the uh, return to normal by the amount of people going back to the movies. And according to this, this is based on facts up on through uh, 2020. DC had the worst return of any uh, area in America. Uh, we're down 75%. Utah is the best recovery, and they're down 50%. Where are you with going back to the movies, and what do you think of that? Well, considering one of our colleagues who is very in, in a lot of screenings and stuff, I think, you know, I, I just don't want to take my life, you know, you, well, somebody said from our people that, um, mm -hmm. you know, they were saying, oh, you'll never get a blank. Well, they realize, like for the Critics' Choice, I'm not going to go see Nightmare Alley in the theater. So they've been blanks over time. So. I have been going to occasional matinees at one o'clock. And uh, with, if there's something I really want to see, I think I'll do that. Because, um, you know, Bob Mondello was on this uh, yeah. podcast. I remember him. He, he was at USA Today for a while. So. He was a uh, theater manager way back in the day. And he said, you know, if you go to the matinee, there's only five or six people in there. And by God, he's right. Well, it's so only I'm, the big, big films that are, bring, you know, it's a younger crowd going. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, like, probably James Bond could have made a lot more money if, you know, because that's, I don't know if kids still go to that Billie Eilish making the song isn't enough for them, I think, to want to see James Bond again. But, you know, and Marvel Preachers or whatever, you know, 
they will go to that. They'll go to see scary movies like, you know, what was that? The Quiet Place. Oh, yeah. Quiet two. Place. Yeah. Yeah. Two. So those those Even will make quieter. money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I think I managed to see the uh, best films of the year without seeing every single thing. Right. And I'm going to, I've got a list of five great movies, Belfast, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, West Side Story, and Coda. I love and Coda too. I'm glad you put that in there. Coda, Because yeah. it got lost in the mix. It, you know, it was on Apple Plus and they don't have a lot of their own movies but this one they did and i enjoyed it very much because it they hired actual deaf people mm -hmm. to play and that is so much in great integrity to do coda is a child of deaf adults and it's the story of a daughter who hears and uh, her brother and mother and father do not hear her and marley matlam is in it and i think had a lot to do with it being made so right. so anyway there we are uh so what will you recommend to our loyal listeners for this weekend well if you haven't seen the summer soul which was one of the winners mm. uh documentary watch it because it's cold now and it'll warm you up for one thing <laughs> Summer of Soul is on, uh, is that on HB? What's that on? I don't, I, I watched it so long ago. I think it might have been Hulu. I don't know. Yeah, I think so. It, but it's, but it's, you know, available. Yeah. Readily available. I think it is Hulu. Yeah. And that's on my 10 best list too. So now yeah, I'm up too. to seven. Well, we're good. We're, we're kind of matching up here. Oh, I love the Sparks Brothers because Sparks, I saw mm -hmm. in concert. I loved them so much. It's an Edgar Wright documentary. Mm. It's almost as long as the Beatles thing, but it's, I loved it. <laughs> Is that crazy. out? Is that a month? That's the, been uh, out services? and it's, it's on some... Probably on demand. Arch, you are correct. Susan? Arch, well, I love you. Don't ever Susan. change. Don't change your your laugh for a minute. <laughs> Susan, I love having you on the program. Thanks so much. And uh, happy I'm going to happy holidays to you. My recommendation is Coda. So check that out. Well, I say the landscapers on uh, that's HBO Max. So anyone okay. that got it. Well, happy holidays, Lou. I'll see you next week and we will delve into all of this further. Till then, happy holidays. This is the Cats Podcasting System, where it's not just a podcast, but a podcast.